Hello and welcome to Celebrating Industry Leader podcast. I'm Valerie Delforge, International Business Strategies Consultant, and I'm joined today by the entrepreneur, Tyler Austin. Tyler, welcome to the podcast. How are you today? I'm doing fantastic. You you are French. I can definitely tell because you <laughs> actually said the correct word. People say niche. Yes. Uh, and that's the correct terminology. People say niche, and that's the American terminology. <laughs> People say entrepreneur, that's the American, and intermediaire is the French. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. So, so, I mean, we've kind of uh, uh, met fairly, fairly uh, not long ago, and uh, obviously quite, uh, quite really interested in what you're doing with your coffee. So, I just want to really understand a little bit, you know, for the auditors, what's your, you know, how did you go about that? Because you kind of went to college and had your, your business already. That's right, from the age of fourteen. Is absolutely correct. So I started the company at the age of 14 years old, door to door on a bicycle. And uh, I would go door to door and I would hand out samples of coffee and essentially ask the people that answered the door, hey, can you put down your name and number so that I can reach back out to you and see what you think about the coffee. And I'll never forget this very sweet, very nice, kind old lady. She uh, I called back and I said, did you enjoy the coffee? She said, yes, I actually did enjoy the coffee. And thank you so much. And she said, where do I get it? And I said, well, uh, for me, uh, how much is it? A dollar. Uh, okay, sure. Bring me $10 worth. That was, that was the, the light bulb moment at, uh, at the age of 14 to essentially realize that we're going out of conception mm. and we're going into infancy. Right. So every business is like a, is like a child. Oh, I like you that. have you have conception mm. and then you have infancy and then you have adolescence and then you have adulthood amazing I like that. so so every every company every single company goes on this this you know people think that amazon started out at uh what is it the 40 billion dollar company mm. they did not no. started out with with uh, Jeff Bezos, with uh, a table, some books, and a website, mm. and that is infancy. So, so conception in my book is when you bring up an idea in your mind, yeah. and when you bring up an idea in your mind, that is inceptualizing the idea. Now, everything that we've ever touched, felt, or been in, or been a part of, started with an idea. Mm. I love that. And so, so did you create the coffee yourself or what, what was it? Uh, so my father's actually the biochemist that figured out when the tannic and lipid acids bloom in the roasting process, his intelligence is insane. Wow. Uh, he, he's, he's asked to be flown around uh, before COVID around the world and fix problems for major corporations and chemical problems. Wow. But um he he's he's very brilliant but he's also uh so smart that he can't get out of his own way mm -hmm. but when i saw that this product was not just for him because he invented it for himself he invented it because he had ulcers and right. he couldn't drink coffee anymore and so after he drank this coffee or sorry created the acid-free coffee he knew that he could find people to mass produce this 
and we found the roastery up in Phoenix that does mass production of our product. Amazing. So, so is that why your coffee is so different? Because it's kind of uh, acid-free and... Uh... Yes. So, so we, we have a trifecta in our decaf. We use Swiss water decaf that doesn't use any methylene chloride, methane glycol. We're decaf, uh, sorry, we're acid-free, of course. And then we're also single-sourced origin USDA certified organic. Mm. So a lot of coffee in the world is predetermined acidic. Well, actually, I would say 99.9%. You know what I mean? I have to always have that 0.001% as, as a outlier. Yeah. But tannic and lipid acids are used in photosynthesis. And photosynthesis is needed to obviously have a plant. Mm -hmm. So when you pick the bean, there is tannins and lipids in the, in the actual cellular structure of the bean. Mm -hmm. Uh, if you over roast the coffee, you bloom the tannic and lipid acids. When you bloom the tannic and lipid acids, you create a, a low pH. A low pH is acidic and your body fights that. Right. So who would that benefit for then this, this type of coffee? I'm, I'm assuming everybody because I, I'm very, very much French and very much loves, love my coffee, but that sounds weird. Yeah. Yeah. So, so our coffee is good for anyone that has stomach related issues. Anyone that enjoys a good flavor of coffee, anyone that is looking for an alkaline diet, anyone that is trying to stay, you know, quote unquote healthy. Also, we have zero mitotoxins in our brand. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people say, oh, we have low mitotoxins. Well, we make sure that we have no mitotoxins in our coffee. Um, you know, it, our decaf is 98.8% decaffeination. It's the highest decaffeination value in the industry. So when you buy Tyler's coffees, it is expensive. No question about it. It's $21.99 a bag, mm. but you get what you pay for. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, and kind of, you know, for, for me to understand the whole uh, concept, going back as to where you were younger, you know, at the uh, age of 14, started to have that light bulb moment. How did everyone feel about that when you kind of was at, you know, college and everything else? Um, so, so when I was 15 and a half, I was asked to come on to my local morning talk show. Mm. And this was my first PR stent. And, uh, I didn't really understand at that age what I was buying into, but what I was buying into was getting thrown into the fire without a light vest because I got there at four in the morning they prepped me and about five five minutes before I said so if I cuss or if I say anything out of turn you guys can edit that and they said oh no no you're live <laughs> and so I got the gumption and I kind of you know puffed myself up and actually I did quite well um, I was very impressed that I didn't cuss. I was very impressed that I was not stumbling on my words and it, it went over well, but it's funny because the number one fear in public people and people, not in public and people is public speaking mm. and looking at the camera with the red light on, knowing that I'm going out to 200,000 households 
is an interesting concept. Yes. Now there's not there's not two hundred thousand people in the audience, but yeah, it's a different. Skill. You mess up and you mess up against two hundred thousand people. Now now fast forward to twenty twenty, you, you can have these lives, and if you mess up, your your career is ruined. So it was a very interesting. Um, understanding of what really uh media was all about and everything and and, and I, I learned at a very young age you know you gotta you gotta present yourself uh with uh, the finesse that you need mm, to make it happen so what was your strategy because obviously you had you must have had loads of well there is loads of big corporation with uh, coffee giants i guess so what was the strategy for you to grow your business you know, it was really funny because like for, for the longest time, uh, Starbucks was the big mega giant juggernaut. Mm -hmm. And in 2004 and five is when Starbucks's market share was at an all time high. And they were putting more Starbucks's on more corners than they could actually keep. Mm -hmm. So they had to start shutting down Starbucks's because they were competing against their own Starbucks. Right. And I would go around and I would tell people, yeah, I created a, you know, I created the acid-free coffee, my father. And people would be like, what's the point? Mm. And I said, well, it doesn't give you heartburn. And I don't have that. Well, come to find out, I futured my, my business because roughly around 2016 is when everyone started turning over a new leaf into the health market. Mm. That's, when, that's when the health industry really started to pick up. Sure. and market share really started to grow and in 2016 i went to expo west which is pretty much the mecca of health related products and i just walked the show and i was looking around and i had another light bulb moment like what i had in you know what was that uh 14 years ago or no sorry uh 10 years yeah so from six to 16, uh, there's been a huge driving force to making a organic and vegan valued industry. Uh, I am pescatarian and mm. I, I was vegan for a little bit. I just couldn't, just couldn't do it. Mm. Um, but uh, but I, I do believe that you should not eat meat. Now that's not that's not what I'm trying to get at. What I'm trying to get at is is walking down this aisle. I, I these aisles. I started seeing not millions, not hundreds of millions, billions of dollars transacted. This was the new tech crutch. This was the, the food in a general speaking is the new business model everyone wants to get on board with because it's recession proof. Mm, for sure. For sure. And definitely the development of all the health and the wellness and everything else must have been, must be growing your business quite, quite nicely because you are international, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. We, we sell the Amazon Canada. We sell the Amazon UK, um, Amazon US, US, of course. Uh, we sell uh, natural grocers, which is in America. We sell in uh, Hy-Vee, which is in America. I mean, we're American-based product. So we started in our country, yeah. um, but uh, there's no reason why we can't branch out into, you know, other, other countries um, 
And you know, it's, it's, it's impressive. It's impressive to see people finally taking care of their bodies. Yes. Yeah. I completely agree. And, uh, you know, as you grew the business kind of so young, I'm still fascinated that, that the, the kind of young attitude towards it, how did you deal with other people? Did they kind of perceive you slightly differently or how did they feel with you? Oh, a lot of haters, a lot of haters. Yeah, no, I, I think the, the more, the more haters you get, the more success you be, you receive. Um, <laughs> People love to tell you you're wrong, you're incorrect, you don't know what you're talking about, um, all the above. And you have to absorb that and, and take that energy and push it back out into saying, well, I'm gonna make it better. I'm gonna make more money, I'm gonna be more successful and I'm gonna want to acquire more haters. Oh, brilliant, I love that. So you're very determined, kind of vision, visionary leader, I guess. I like to think that. I like to think that I'm, I'm no bullshit. Excuse my French. Yeah, that's fine. We, we, we don't mind. So, uh, you know, what, what was it like to have, uh, um, you know, such a family business? Is your, was your dad very involved? You know, how was it between you and your family as you grew the business so big? Well, you know, the business is really mine. Uh, I started the company at 14 years old, drawing a bicycle. My father built the idea and the concept. I did everything else. I did the design work. I did packaging. I did the marketing. I did the distribution. I did the fulfillment. I was a one-man band. And now we have fulfillment warehouse. Now we have offices. We've, we've expanded. But his business is his. and My business is mine. But we see eye to eye on a lot of things. Yeah, so it's kind of a, I guess you've got such a strong strategy and strong vision, it, it all falls into place a lot better, isn't it, around you? And, uh, you know, I, I was asked, uh, um, you know, if you if your business was an animal, what kind of an animal would it be? I like that. Lion. Uh, was that? Lion. Oh, and why a lion? Because we're the world's first and only. Ah. Of the gender. Yes. Brilliant. I love that. So if you could change anything about Tyler's Coffee's customers, what would it be? More of them. More of them? Yeah. Expenditure to uh, definitely Europe. and then We have an 80% retention rate on our customer base. Wow. That's immense. I mean, we're the world's first and only acid-free coffee. Mm, love that no I mean I was reading everything about you and it just seems so fascinating what's your company in 10 years time you know what do you vision what is your vision for 10 years 10 years time I think we'll be in mass market uh we have developed a we're in the process of developing. I can't say we have developed because we're not in the market yet, but we are in the process of developing the world's first and only 100% biodegradable K-cup. Oh, nice. And if we can do it, um, mind you, there's tooling involved and there's a lot of yeah. fun factors involved, but uh, the science behind it is is immensely complicated because you have to figure out you have to have a shelf stable capsule it has to endure certain temperature variances and, and swings 
And then it has to go into uh, a Keurig maker. It has to withstand the temperature of 212 degrees without melting and then start degrading in the garbage. So there's, there's a lot of variable in that. And that's why it hasn't been done yet. Hmm. But we want to be the first to do it. Do you like this type of thing, kind of looking at, uh, at an idea and really get into the nitty gritty behind? It sounds I love like it. it. Yeah, and you're very it. detailed in the way you function. Thank you. Mm. Yeah. Very so uh, in 10 years time, I would love to see that in mass market. Mm -hmm. I would love for us to be licensing that technology because there's over a billion cups uh, put in the landfill every year by Keurig. Um, it is a necessity of evil, mm -hmm. but it is an evil. And uh, it, you know, when you talk about uh, polyurethane and um, hydrocarbon-based plastics, mm. the biodegradable uh, aspect of it is is phenomenally horrible. Like it's, you know, you're talking 60, 80 years before we even see degradation. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a really amazing plan. You know, if uh, if um, you can get to that, and I'm sure as determined as you are, you will. So, you know, it, as the pandemic has affected your business at all in any way, shape, or form? It has. Yes, absolutely. We've, we've, we've done more business with the pandemic and than without. Really? Not to say it's a good thing. I, I don't think it is a good thing. And I would never, ever, 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 ever say it's a good thing. I think it's horrible. Um, on the opposite side of the coin on that, if you look at the statistics, we have 8 million cases in America and we have 230,000 deaths. Not good, but yeah, yeah. It's not a lot. No, for sure. There's, uh, there's, uh, and do you feel that people have been a lot more online and stuff like that? Do you feel that you've been successful on that sense because they're more at home and they're more online and more looking? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think. I think retail's dead. They just haven't got the the death certificate yet. Yeah. Um, you know, malls used to be a really good investment, and now you couldn't pay me enough to get into a mall. Mm -hmm. People keep going to malls, but I doubt it. I doubt it. I doubt it highly. Especially here's the thing: when you have one pandemic, is one thing. Mm. When you have closures and opens and closures and opens and closures and opens and then you have this reciprocal cycle mm. for for a business owner the retail side you cannot survive that mm, for sure because what are you going to do you're going to lay off your people mm. they're going to quit whatever and then oh we're back open you guys are back open congratulations and you go okay well i, I need to hire so many people so then you hire so many people you have to train it train them and, and do all that. And then, oh, another shutdown. Mm -hmm. So so we've had four or five shutdowns in America since this year, right? Every shutdown, it, it, it just wipes out small businesses. Yeah. And, and the ones that are left standing, they can't handle this. No, no, it's, it's, it's very tough. Mentally, it's also very tough, even if they, uh, yeah. You know, in the spa and beauty industry where I'm kind of looking at predominantly. You know. Now, here's my question, right? How can you have SARS, H1N1, influenza, syphilis, 
same death rate normally. I mean, it's roughly around the same death rate. We've had these for years on 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 years. And the second now people say, yes, but we know how to take care of that. We have vaccines for that. We have this for that. Well, you know what? We, we, we actually have homeopathic, not homeopathic. We have uh, remedies mm. for the coronavirus. It's been proven. It actually was put under the rug. Sorry, I'm getting a little political here, but what I'm saying is this is ridiculous and it needs to stop for once and for all. We need to open up, let the chips fall where they lay and handle it yeah for sure you know i've got friends that work in the medical field and they're like yeah our covid wing's empty yeah yeah it definitely is uh, on the mindset on the on the finances and the economy it's uh it's really really tough tough here if the cure's worse than the virus and it's not worth it yeah i'm agreeing i completely agree so do you feel that um, do you feel that the business in itself kind of at the moment is all about online and all about kind of surviving that way? <clears throat> Only. Mm. I, I mean, online businesses are, are screaming right now. Yeah. Cyber Black Friday to Cyber Monday was the highest our uh, h- highest purchasing volume. And you, you get what I'm saying. I'm, I'm trying to. There was more money spent between Friday and Monday Hmm. of last week than any other Black Friday or Cyber Monday in the last history of the internet. Wow. Yeah. It speaks volume, doesn't it? It just shows you where the market's at. And then you ask yourself, well, how are these kids, I mean kids like 20 years old, driving around in 488 Italias that are $300,000? It's because they built online businesses. Yeah. Yeah. And this is kind of from when you started kind of going with your, with your, uh, you know, bicycle going around. Is it, is it when you, is it where it went, the whole online stuff eventually, or how did it go from there to online? Well, we started online. I mean, Tyler's Copies was the second I, I want to say there's, okay, there's Javalia Coffee that had a subscription. In 2004 2000 to 2010, we, I really want to say this, we were the only other coffee company that had a subscription model. As mm. a subscription in terms of, all right, so I subscribe, I get my coffee every month, so every day. Yeah, so. yeah. We were, we, we, we actually hired a, a, a this is back in the day before apps and Shopify. I mean, Shopify came out, came out and, and was the Tyler's coffees of the internet online experience. Mm-hmm. It, they literally made cut and paste billionaires. Yeah. Billionaires. Anyway, point is we actually had to hire a coder to go in and actually code in all of the back end HTML and PHP to get our subscription platform to work. And it was an absolute nightmare. And it, it, was, it was like buying, uh, you know, one of the worst cars ever made and just keep throwing money at it, thinking it's going to get better. It was, it was a nightmare. When Shopify got its legs underneath it, uh, Shopify is an amazing company and the CEO is an amazing guy. And he's actually me, but he had resources and he had a team and he had some other 
aspects that he said, screw all this. We're making a platform that works. We're making a platform that can, can handle billions of dollars a day in volume. And they did. And they did. And so um, I, I, I really tip my hat to Shopify because without Shopify, there's so many companies out there that wouldn't want to be in existence. Mm, for sure. So do you have like, you seem so determined and so kind of entrepreneurial in the, in the sense that you seem to have more ideas. Do you have more things going on than the, the Tyler coffee or? I do. Do you? Would you what do. else do you do? Well, uh, created, well, my father created a hand sanitizer that is alcohol free and it kills 99.9% .9 germs and bacteria on contact. Nice. Uh, we're in the process of getting our FDA approval on that. Uh, I'm into cars, so uh, we created an oil additive that takes all the friction off the motor. Brilliant. And uh, reduces the uh, reduces the uh, the friction, improves the miles per gallon, and improves torque and horsepower. Mm. So yeah, and, and and you know I diversify. I'm into stocks. I like I like buying stocks. Uh, Bitcoin. My God, I'm so glad I bought Bitcoin at 15,000 because it's yeah. now at almost 20. Amazing. And I yeah. saw that coming. I Did saw you? that coming a mile away. Yeah. You, I, I kept telling everyone, I said, you guys need to buy Bitcoin. And everyone was like, oh, no, no, Tyler, it's too volatile. There's not enough, uh, you know, market cap on it. It's all built by, I said, what currency is not built by, you know, substantial or sorry, uh, artificial value? Yeah, yeah, for you sure. Know? Yeah, very clever, very, uh, very um, kind of, I, I feel you've got that visionary, you've got, do you always have something you think of and it's always like, okay, I'm going to look into that and maybe leave some ideas and then go back to some and do you, are you a bit like that? Yeah, I, so, so the one thing that, that holds me back is uh, time and money, right? So no one has enough of that. Uh, you could have millions of dollars in the bank, but what if you want to invest in billion dollar companies? You know what I mean? There's just, there's always this time reciprocation, you yeah. know, of time and money. Um, I, I'm, I'm comfortable. I'm very mm -hmm. comfortable. Uh, I built a, a substantial business. I built a money cow. Uh, it produces, it produces. And it lays, or I, I guess I created a, a golden goose that lays the golden egg. And, and I take that money and I kind of mix it around and figure out other ventures that I can invest in. I've invested in, uh, in a local, uh, um, you know, home cleaning service. Mm. My friend had a, a home cleaning service and I invested in that and it's doing quite well. So yeah, diversify. I mean, I bought property. I have renters. Um, that's that's how you become successful. So if if your viewers want to know, what's the secret? What's the secret? What is the secret? Please tell us. <laughs> it's super simple. It's super simple. It's amazingly simple. The only way you become successful. Period. End of story. No questions asked. I yeah. will go to my grave passive income you will not be successful or wealthy without passive income what's that what's that 
All right. So passive income means that oh, you do income. not. Sorry, I'm being French and not understanding. Yeah, passive income. Yeah, yeah. Go on, go on, go on. <laughs> okay. Well, passive income is very simple. So I wake up every morning and I see my orders come in from my Tyler's Coffee's website. Mm. I look at my other websites and I see money come in. I look at my, my rental properties and I have a monthly uh, renter that pays me per month to have the ability to stay in my house. Mm. Uh, I have stocks that I, I buy and I do auto puts and calls on so that they sell and buy mm. whenever. And that's called passive income. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Non-passive income, direct income is the alarm clock goes off. I wake up, I take a shower, I get to work. I work Monday through Friday, three, you know, nine to five. Mm. I'm a W-2 employee. I get a paycheck. Mm. That's non-passive. No. So you understood that very early on then, isn't it? The whole passive income. I read a lot. Yeah. I is read that, a lot. Is and that what you would suggest to read and kind of really? Well, so I don't read. So I read a lot before technology and it kind of, you know, it's like, son of a bitch. Why did I not do that? Son of a bitch. Why did I not do that? And, and you realize you, you can't because you, you you can't spread yourself too thin if you don't have enough resources yeah that's this is why the rich get richer because they have money to just mm. put it it's monopoly it's freaking monopoly yeah. anyway this is before audible this is before scribe and so i su subscribe to scribe scribe is amazing it's like netflix for books so instead of audible where you have to download the book buy the book and then you can listen to the book mm. scribe said screw that we're going to make it better you built a mousetrap we'll build a better one and tyler's coffees is the same way people built coffee we built a better idea so what i like about scribe is that you can just go from one book to another book to another book to another book and you can listen you don't have to read them yeah I can't read. I don't have the time to read, but I have the time to listen. Hmm. I love that. I mean, you know, you, you, what, what is your five-year plan? For example, what is your, your kind of future? You've got all make more money, make more money. It's all about the money. All about money. Money is freedom. Hmm. Money will buy you anything you want, except for true love. Yeah. True. True. That's, uh, People that's, say money doesn't buy you happiness. Bull. <laughs> no, I'll Bull. I think they don't know where to shop. That's why. Yeah, I don't know where to shop. Exactly. Money buys you so much happiness. Actually, money is happiness. Uh, no, I love the whole passive income, and uh, you know, I think it's. Uh, I think it's just where to start for the other people. You know, you kind of read all these schemes and whatever, but it's where to start and being clever in the way you're going to start it. And you've obviously done it from a young Start small, start small. You don't, have, look, I, I don't have hundreds of millions of dollars. Mm. I have, you know, tens of thousands of dollars, mm. okay? Used to not have tens of thousands of dollars. Used to have thousands of dollars, okay? Used to not have ten, not thousands of dollars, used to have hundreds of dollars. Mm. But if you can put a stock that's worth $8, and say you buy 10 shares, mm -hmm. it's $80. Yeah. 
Start small. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. Leave yeah. it alone. In four to six months, guess what? You now have a thousand dollars because every stock goes up. It goes down. But if you look at every single stock in the market and you go all the way back from inception for when they went on the market and they IPO'd to today, mm. there's always an uptrend. Now it goes like this. Yeah. But it's always an uptrend. Yeah. Still moving forward. I mean, you know, what would you say to those young entrepreneurs, you know, that, uh, that uh, you know, want to start something from the age of 14 onwards, what, what would be the word of wisdom for those young entrepreneurs? Uh, do it, fall, fall fast, fall hard, fall quick, keep moving. Get up and go. As long as you're falling forward, you're, you're doing some momentum. See, when, the second is, is when you start falling backwards is when that's, that's when you hit danger zone. Mm. And what I mean by, by falling backwards is say, say you're focused on your business or you're focused on your, whatever your venture is and your venture is not doing what you want. Mm. Your venture is not being successful. Your venture is not producing. There's a stop point. Where you go, okay, I'm going to cut my losses. I'm going to walk away. I don't know if you've ever gambled. I don't gamble. I'm not a big fan of going to a casino and losing my money because my odds are immensely against me. <laughs> But the house always wins and Vegas was not built by winners. Okay. Just remember that. So when, when you go and gamble, you're already, you're already negative mm. and you're, you don't even know it. Right. Mm. But that's the thing about business. Business, when you, when you gamble, you could go negative. Hmm. And if you go negative, you got to figure a way to get out of it. You got to get out of that dive. You got to pull up. Yeah. And the problem is, is the people that don't pull up or don't cut their losses and say, look, this is not working for me. I got to walk away. <laughs> Hit the ground. Hmm. I love that. It's knowing when to, sometimes I feel dealing with so many businesses, you know, as a consultant, I feel they've become so emotional about the business. Never get emotional. Never, ever, ever get emotional. The only time you need to get emotional to your listeners, the only time you need to get emotional is when you're with your loved one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's hard not to because you've built it and it's your baby and it's what you've done and it's, you know, everything you've put into it. But uh Yeah, the minute it, it, the, the second you get emotional, look, it's your child, right? Inception, conception, sorry, conception, in, uh, infancy, adolescence, adulthood. It's your child, okay? But it's also not your child because mm -hmm. if it starts losing you money, it's a negative asset and depreciating value. Yeah. Get rid of it, sell it. Mm -hmm. Do Sell it to someone that actually is going to do something with it, at least. And move forward. And, and you got to always move forward. You always got to be falling forward. Yeah. So how do you want to be remembered, you know, in, uh, in when you die? I've got this as a question. When you die, how do you want to rem be remembered? My, my obituary? He was a good guy. Yeah. Great. That's brilliant. And what about when you have your first million dollar, what would you do? Well, I, I, I do. Um, 
I mean, we, the thing is, is money, people think like, for some reason they have this weird concept of like, oh, you're a businessman. So you must have a million dollars. Well, yeah, sure. I do have a million dollars, but it's like the ocean. It doesn't stay, Mm. you know, it comes in, goes out comes in goes up comes in goes up comes in goes up do you find energy around money that you're quite healthy around that energy of money that it doesn't you don't it's not scary i used to be emotionally attached to dollars now now i only look at it as a number transaction yeah yeah so therefore you kind of it's no there's no scare factor isn't it behind it yeah, like, uh, you know, you wire, uh, you know, $80,000 for inventory and you go, shit, $80,000. Oh my God, that's so much money. Huh? Oh, like, boy, you look at that. Oh, I can buy this. And I can buy it. Oh my God. You'll, you'll destroy yourself. Mm. You just say, transact $80,000. You buy $80,000. You make $200,000. $200,000, you pay off your expenses, you're left with, you know, another $60,000, you put that into a separate account, you let that account get withdrawn into your, uh, you know, stock portfolio at like, uh, it pull, my pull is like $2,000 a week mm. into my stock portfolio. Brilliant. It's amazing. You kind of- It's, uh, it's just transactional. Yeah. Yeah, but I feel like it's because you started so young that your mindset has always been quite adventurous, I guess, in a way. Yeah, my father's not. So my, my father's the complete opposite of me. He's the brilliant mind that thinks that $10 is like $100,000, right? So I was having this conversation with him and, and he has nice things. He just doesn't take care of his things. I do. I take care of my things. Mm. and uh, I said yeah I think I'm going to sell the uh the SL mm. and he goes well how much are you going to get for it and I was like I don't know I think the market's like 15,000 mm. and he's like oh you went upside down in the car I'm like okay <laughs> he's like what do you mean okay and I was like I enjoyed the car it was I didn't buy it for an investment I buy the coffee for an investment or I buy stocks for investments or I buy uh, houses for investments Cars are just enjoyable trinkets. He's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, anytime you buy a car, unless it's a Pagani Zonda or Ferrari Enzo or some really, really collectible car that's like, yeah. you know, 800,000 new and it goes up to 1.6 million because they only made 300 of them. Yeah. Um, you don't buy them for investments. You buy them for enjoyment. Mm-hmm. And, and it, he couldn't conceptualize that. So what he does is he buys a car cheap and then runs it into the ground and then goes buys another car. And I'm like, okay, cool. Right. Whatever. I'd rather make a little bit money back on my investment versus all the money. And it's like, so you'd rather buy a car, drive it into the ground and essentially junk it and not make a single dollar back and take all the negative equity out of it where I want to drive the car for a couple of years and then sell it for a value that's not equal to what I bought it for, but at least I have a little extra money to put wherever I want. 
Why not? And so it's, it's weird. People's mindsets are so strange. I've always, I've always wondered why like people do the things that they do, but that's them, you know, that's them. I love it. And do you feel that, do you have siblings at all? Is it, are you? No, I'm an only child. You're the only child. So you've got that kind of, uh, you know, that mindset that's so, um, it's really admirable. You've got such a strong mindset. I love it. Thank what, you. Can, what can we expect from you in the future, really, from, uh, from what you're doing and from the coffee? I know you said a few things, but. Uh, well, the future holds a lot of mysteries. Um, are you kind of focusing on the year to year or do you have like a proper strategy, five years, 10 years, that kind of thing? I focus on the, uh, I'm, I'm a future mindset, but I'm not a future planner, if that makes sense. So like, so like I see things on the horizon and I can adjust before they come to future or sorry, come to present. But on the other hand, if you live too far in the future, your anxiety level is like mm. nine, 10. Definitely. If you live in the past, you're depressed. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to figure out a, a smooth medium. I, I like to live about a quarter ahead. Mm. I like that quarter ahead. Can I ask you how old you are? I'm 30. You're 30. Wow. You've done so much. It's incredible. Thank you. Really, really incredible. It. I mean, you know, it's it's been powerful. Is there anything you wanted to add, you know, for our listeners in terms of uh, how can we get your coffee, number one, and as a, as a, you know, as a supplier, for example, I deal with a lot of uh, businesses. Can they hold the coffee in their place, in their businesses, that kind of thing? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, you're quite Why sure. would I ever turn down business? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about growth. Yeah. It's all about growth. I love doing deals. Like, literally, my favorite, I, I really don't care. As you probably have realized, I could care less of what people think about me. Um, <laughs> What I really, really, really enjoy is Donald Trump and the art of the deal. I strongly suggest, I don't care if you like the man or don't like the man, I strongly suggest you read The Art of the Deal by Donald Trump. One of the best books ever written. And what it was is, I'll give you a quick example. He wanted to buy Mar-a-Lago. He owns Mar-a-Lago now. Mm. And the seller was the heir to the post- uh fortune mm. and he went and he said and I, I don't remember the math but let's call it they had it listed for 30 million dollars i don't know the math right don't quote me on the math mm. and he went to her and he said i like i like your place i think you're asking a little bit too much but not that much i'll tell you what i'll cut you a check for 25 million dollars And the lawyers and everyone at the table, you know, talking, whispering. And this is in the book. Mm. And they said, no deal. I said, okay. Good luck. About two years later, that goes back up on sale because they can't sell it for 30 million. And they dropped the price to, I think, like, you know, 28 million or whatever. 
Donnie, I'll tell you what. I'll buy it for $20 million. <laughs> Well, wait, your last offer was $25. Yeah, but you didn't take it. <laughs> well, we're going to hold out. We're, we're Okay. All right. Market's soft. You guys don't really have liquid. Sorry, most, most investors don't have liquid right now. They don't really know how to return on it. I know how to turn on it. I'm making a beautiful, I'll take their house and I'll make it a beautiful club. No, no, probably, we're probably not gonna do it. Okay. Two years later, this kept going. And, and, and he got it, again, the math is off, but he got it from like 30 million to 10 million. And they finally closed on it and they said, screw it, we need the money. And we'll have to sell it. He now sells each and every single Mar-a-Lago, uh, you know, club membership for two hundred thousand dollars a year starting. Clever. Mm, the man's a genius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not going to start the whole political debate at the moment with Donald Trump kind of uh, going. But it's fine. I'm not talking about politics. I'm just talking about the book. If you guys want to know yeah, real no, estate and you want to really understand real estate, read The Art of the Deal. I love that. And, uh, you know, could you tell us a little bit more about the membership with the coffee? How does that work? How much is it? So it's $21.99. Uh, when you buy it in UK, there is a shipping charge. But if you buy it in the US, it's free shipping if you get on a subscription. Mm -hmm. um it's around eight to ten dollars uh yeah. I, I don't remember the exact price on, on the shipping price for coffee but it, you know i suggest that you guys don't take my word for it go look on amazon google um yeah. we have we have so many reviews about our product we have over a thousand reviews we have five star ratings we have a really really good product people swear by it and that's another thing that I'll, I'll tell your guests or your listeners. I had the opportunity to be on a phone call with the head buyer of Natural Grocers, and they pretty much own 260 stores. Right. We're in 100 of 260 of them. We're in all of them. And I was on the phone. He said, Tyler, this sounds like a great deal. I like the product. I like what you're doing. Uh, you know, let me ask you a question. I said, sure, anything. What do you want to know? He said, if I buy this coffee, how am I going to take it from on the shelf and get it off the shelf? And I said, oh, it's very simple. You don't. <laughs> <laughs> and there was some silence on the phone. And there was but four people on the conference call and someone, I didn't say anything, right? So silence is golden. That's another fun fact is when you say a, a point, when you make a point of fact that you want to pretty much hammer home, you be as silent as possible. Literally you hang up on the phone call, but you don't, right? You'd be as silent as possible till you let the other person talk. One of the people, not him, goes, well, I, I think what Tyler meant is, you know, the, and I said, no, no, what I meant is you don't get it off the shelf. 
the customer brings it off the shelf. The customer takes it off the shelf because they want the product. So the real question is, is how do I get the customer to take it off the shelf? Not how do I get it off the shelf? And they were like, oh, oh yeah, that, that makes more sense. And I said, let me give you the answer. It's very simple. You guys brew up coffee. This is before COVID. You guys brew up coffee for customers. Mm-hmm. You have morning coffee. And they did. I said, all you do is when you when the store orders, we'll send them a free fill bag and they have to brew it up for the customers and they do a passive demo and they put the cups, they put the air pot and they put the bag mm-hmm. and I'll sell it. I'll sell it because my product speaks for itself. And they were like, okay, well, let's do a test run on it. I said, great, give me 10 stores. So give me 10 stores. They tell surprisingly really well. I said, it gets better. We only have to do that once. And they, and they go, what are you talking about? And I said, because if you get 60 to 80 people that tried the coffee, just rough numbers, at 60 or 80 people, that will tell 60 or 80 people. 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 Yeah, yeah. Word of mouth is the best advertising period. It's free and it is the best. Because if you say, hey, Tyler, I want you to try this product because we're friends and this product helped me, there's a 99.9% chance that I'm going to try it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how Tyler's Coffee has grown. That's how every major corporation has grown. Be your own advocates and and believe in the power of people, isn't it? Uh, I don't know. Are you familiar with Grant Cardone? Mm -mm. No. He's a public speaker. And I watch his podcast. And he wanted to buy a Lamborghini. And he called up Lamborghini and he said, hey, I I really want to buy your, your new Lamborghini Huracan. And they said, okay, sure. Go to the dealership and buy one. Like, don't talk to us. Okay, fine. But I have a question. Yeah. Why don't you guys advertise? We don't need to. Hmm. Hmm. What do you mean? Like, what, what are you talking about? Like, our, our, our production is backordered. We have so much demand, we can't produce enough. I love that. I'm That's good. when you know you have a good product. When yeah. you don't market. Yeah. When you have customers demanding your product because they want the product. And do you do like marketing strategy and all that jazz? Or for you, it's all about kind of getting it out there like this kind of interviews or? Yeah, I, I enjoy talking to uh, influential people about business and about companies and about success and how to, you know, I guess my real passion project is young entrepreneurs because I have a real soft spot in my heart for them. Mm. Um, I've been asked, I've done uh, speaks at high schools pre-COVID. Now, COVID's a real, real game changer in the in the uh, speaking world. I know. Um, that's a, you know, Tony Robbins lost, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. So it's it'll be interesting because what happens when the world comes out and says, "Hey, we've got a cure. Everyone, you can get the shot." I won't be getting the shot. I hate I hate shots, and yeah. I, I'm 
unhealthy as it is. What will people actually do is the question. Hmm. Will it be a flood just like old times or would it be a trickle? I think it's going to be a trickle. I think so. I think there's been enough fear porn that people don't really want to uh, associate themselves with groups of people anymore. I know. It's a sad thing. So sad. I mean, you hope that in a couple of years, you know, maybe we'll go back into this kind of thing. But, uh, yeah. I call it five to eight years. Hmm. I mean, my... I could be wrong. My only thing is like, you know, the younger generation, how do, what do they see when you see children with masks and all of that? What do they see? What do they perceive of the world? That's my only thing. Mm. Well, you do understand that a fear-based society is an easily controlled society. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I know, I know. And I think we could, uh, we could down that route, but it's going to be a different podcast <laughs> if we go down that route, I think. But uh, yeah. Yeah, so much to be said, so much to be said. Tyler, it's really a real pleasure to kind of uh, talk to you about success and how you've built this massive success. But I love the whole, yeah, the whole vision of what you've got around you and what you do around you. It's brilliant. The passive income. Thank you. Um, well, you know, no, I mean, it, I, I learned, I learned at a very young age that life is made to be lived. Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. And grab it. if you, if you, I'd rather fail and have experience failure versus never trying. I love that. I think that yeah, there's, there's so many people, unfortunately, mm. that really only care about going to their fast food job, collecting their check, mm. getting on the Xbox, losing their reality inside of a game, and then, uh, you know, repeat, rinse and repeat. I find it hilarious that I play the real life Xbox, right? So I wake up, and I like racing games, mm. but I go to my garage and I see three Mercedes AMGs sitting in the driveway or sitting in my garage. Mm. You know, I, I can choose which one I want to drive today. You know, there's, there's these people that they, they, they'd rather spend their money and time in, in virtual reality versus reality. And you can't change that. That's yeah. just reality. But I'd much rather travel to a location and you know, walk around and see the sights, smells, and feel the culture, versus uh, look at pictures or look at videos. Mm. Yeah, you're a doer, aren't you? You're one of those that just know what you want, and you're just a doer. <laughs> Unfortunately, they're getting fewer and fewer, and it's sad. But I think it's the inspiration that you can give, and especially, to, like you said, the young entrepreneurs and everything. I think that's so important to keep that message out there, really. Yeah. Really important. Thank you so, so much. It's a pleasure to interview you today. And uh, we will put all of the bits and pieces about your business on the website as well. So thank you for, uh, have, for being part 
uh, this podcast and we will speak to you very soon. Pleasure. Take care, everyone. Thank you.